I pray that the book of Ephesians has been a total blessing to you as it has been in the, in, in the life of the church. And in fact, we're so excited about the book of Ephesians that we're going to be teaching in the college a deep dive in this term. And I'm not saying that to do just a plug on the college, but I'm, I'm going to say this, is that the Lord wants to reveal something out of this book that's going to be appropriate for your life as we do it in this house. And never get to a place where you think, you know, you, get, you come to the house of God and you just think, oh, well, it's just some random book that they're doing. No, no. The reason why books are studied in the house of God is because certain books have certain things that the Holy Spirit wants to download into your life so that you can walk out of here and outlive them in Jesus' name. When you give your life to Christ, there needs to be a change. There needs to be a shift where, the, where God comes and does a work in your heart. And out of that work that happens in your heart, you begin to live differently. Come on, someone turn to your name and say, live differently. There needs to be an, uh, there needs to be an outflow of the manifold grace of God that is, that is available to you in Jesus' name. Over the past few, few weeks, we've been studying Ephesians 1 and 2. We've, we've understood that as we've gone through this book together, that we've been saved by grace. That we've been saved and how we are saved is by the grace of God and have putting our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Can I hear an amen today? And because of that faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, He's coming to our lives, He has saved us, He's changed us. He's changed our trajectory, once destined for a life without purpose and without God for eternity. Now we have the opportunity through the grace of God and the kindness of God to have friendship and relationship with Him. That's not just available when we live this life, but now. Someone say now. And out of that now moment where we can spend time with God, we've then gone through this journey and we've seen through the Apostle Paul that he's taught us through Ephesians 2 about that we've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. And the spiritual blessings are available and they're a foundation for Christian living. In fact, have you ever considered for a moment that the foundation for Christian living is not just something nice to say or a catch lane or a, or a phrase in church, but rather is a foundation of how you live your life? It's a foundation of how you live your life. We also discovered that because we're saved through grace by having faith in Jesus Christ, that there are works that we do. We are called to do good works. We're not, we don't just do works for the sake of getting saved. No, we, we do works because we are saved. Yeah. Works then become an overflow and an extension of grace of the goodness of God in our life. And because we love what God loves, we do what God does. If God came to to save us in which he has, what can we do as humanity to help others to move forward in the plans and purposes that he has for people? And I know that the Holy Spirit has something special for us today. And I'm just so looking forward to going to, a, going to the Word of God with you. Ephesians 3, we see that Paul unravels the mystery of our salvation. And if you have not read Ephesians 3, can I encourage you this week, someone say this week. Hey, this week, a little bit of homework for us. Let's read Ephesians 3. Oh, that was a great response. We are not in high school, okay? When teacher says you've got an assignment, I mean, sorry, I f forgive me all the teachers out there. But the thing is, but when, we, when it comes to the Word of God, let's be people that take on the homework and be students of the Word of God. As, as, as someone who's saved by grace, it is our responsibility to get to know what the Word of God says. Some of us, we think that 
Being a student of the Word of God is only if you're a pastor, only if you're a life group leader, and only if you're going to go to Bible college, you need to be a student. But you know what? That is not the, that's not just for those people. It's for everybody. Every one of us have a responsibility to be a student of the Word of God, study the Word of God, allow the Word of God to, to, um, to c- continue to work in our lives and change our lives so we can be different in Jesus' name. I've even, often heard people say, you know, I don't hear the voice of God. I don't even know what God says or what He sounds like. Let me tell you, it starts by reading the Word of God. You can't say, I can't hear the voice of God and not open the book. Because if you don't open the book, you will not hear and not be able to know what the voice of God sounds like. But some of us in the room today, I'm not here to, to bring conviction. That's what the Holy Spirit does. But I want to encourage you with this. Spend time in the Word of God. Be a student of the Word of God. Allow the Word of God to marinate in your life. Allow the Word of God to marinate, to soften you, to change you, to take you from a place of where you once were to be somewhere where God has called you to be. Faith comes by, it comes by hearing and hearing the Word of... Hey, it doesn't say come, faith comes by hearing the Word of social media. Well, come on. It doesn't say faith comes by phoning a friend. No, it comes by hearing the Word of God. God, what have you got to say? What, is, what, what do you think? And God, I will submit to what you say and what you think in Jesus' name. Today's message is called How to Live Righteously. When we come to Christ, there are spiritual blessings and thank God for spiritual blessings. Who's thanking God for spiritual blessings here today? Yes, we are made alive in Christ as a result of our salvation. But as we go on a journey with God and the Lord Jesus Christ, we learn to submit to the voice of the Holy Spirit. We learn to submit. What's the submit mean? It's to come under the voice of the Holy Spirit. Meaning that in, if, you, if you look at the hierarchy, the Holy Spirit has the final say. That's what the, be, to be submitted means. We submit to the voice of the Holy Spirit. But out of that, there needs to be an outward working of our salvation. I can't say that I am saved and live the same as if, no, I wasn't. I know, you could hear a pin drop in the room. We, I can't say that I have given my life to Jesus, but live a life that shows that I have not given my life to Jesus. There needs to be an outward expression of the result on the revelation of salvation and how Christ has done something for you. And maybe today you're in that place where you're like, you know what, you know what, James, to be honest with you, I find it hard to outlive what the Word of God says. Well, can I encourage you? Maybe you need to spend time in the Word of God. Maybe you need to spend time with the Holy Spirit and allow the Holy Spirit to show you what saving grace actually looks like. Because the more you understand who God is, the more you want to do the right thing. You want to do the right thing. Why? Because you want to do things that please the Lord. You don't do things just because you want to gain God's favour. You have God's favour. When you say yes to Jesus and ask Him to come into your life, that becomes the foundation of what your works come out of. And so we need to understand if we want to be people that outlive and outwork in our business life, in our family life, in our school life, in our work life, it's all based on the foundation of the Word of God and a revelation from the Holy Spirit where He downloads something into your heart that becomes a deep conviction in your life. Don't live life without convictions or else you'll be tossed to and fro. 
I would suggest to you today that now more than ever, we need more revelation when it comes to the Word of God. We need more revelation. Don't read the Word like you're reading a newspaper. Or else you get the same amount of anointing as you get out of the newspaper. When we read the Word and we spend time with God, we invite the Holy Spirit. Go, Holy Spirit, can you reveal something to me? Can you teach me? Holy Spirit, can you soften my heart so that I can hear and receive what the heartbeat of heaven looks like so I can understand, God, how it is you feel, what you feel when you wrote what you wrote all of those thousands of years ago. Let's go from just reading to feeling the Word of God. Did you know that you can... When you're spending time with the, in the presence of God, with the Holy Spirit, you can feel the breath of heaven as you read the Word. Because if you can feel how God feels, you will live differently. Because it becomes more than just study. More than just information. It becomes revelation. And out of that revelation comes deep convictions. There are people in this house, you are not living by deep convictions. You're living by what sounds good, feels good, and what's nice. But that ain't going to help. We need to get convictions and how we do that. We do that by spending time in the Word, allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to us, and then a decision that is made that says, you know what, God, I'm going to allow the conviction of what you say to be something that's permanently fixed in my heart, in Jesus' name. So now the question is, how do we live righteously in God's eyes? Well, how we do that, there's a couple of points. So the first point I'd love to bring up for us is we need to walk. Someone say walk. Hey, we don't just walk aimlessly. We walk according, accordingly and with unity. Let's have a look at some word because you're probably thinking James is making this stuff up. This is what the word says. Ephesians 4 verse 1. I therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling by which you were called. In lowliness, gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in what? Love. Endeavouring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Now, let me just, let's just take a bit of a stock take about the context of this scripture. The Apostle Paul, when he wrote this, was actually in prison. He was in a place of restriction. Now, bearing in mind that prisons are not a nice place to be, but even more not nice when there's no Netflix, Foxtel or, or, or internet. So Paul, in his, in his place of restriction, begins to write um, a letter to the Ephesian church. He says, hey, hey, guys, I want to teach you and I want to show you something. We need to understand in the context of Paul's surroundings, that we can gain, once we understand the surroundings, we can then get a greater appreciation of what he's trying to say. I mean, it's easy to praise God when you're on the mountaintop, but can you praise God in the midst of a valley? Can you give God the sacrifice of praise when everything's not working and everything's dead and everything seems like it's not working? Sometimes it means a little bit more when you can give God praise even though it's not working. You really know when you're growing in God, even when it's tough, you can stop and say, you know what, God, I don't agree with it. I don't see how it's going, but I'm going to praise you and I'm going to thank you anyway. Because to praise God in the midst of a trial says, God, I trust you and I trust that you know what you're doing and that you know best. You know what the challenge is sometimes when we face a trouble? We think we know best. That's two people that think that. We think we know best, but 
Father God knows best. He does. So Paul starts off by stating the position and then turns to strongly urge the people who are receiving this letter that needs to be discipline that is applied to their life as a result of their salvation. There needs to be discipline. When you give your life to Jesus, your life should be more disciplined. Come on, hear me out today. There needs to be discipline. If I'm going to spend time with God, if I'm going to spend time in this Word, I need to be disciplined. I need to discipline some things. I need to discipline my thoughts. I need to discipline some other things in my life so I can make sure that I've got time to spend with God. Your life should not be more undisciplined when you come to Jesus and it should be more disciplined. And let me just say this, not disciplined for the sake of legalism. Come on now, let there be freedom in the house. So let us bring liberty to you. You are disciplined because you, are, you understand and you understand the value of what Christ has done and is going to do in your life. That's why you discipline yourself. The Apostle Paul said this, I count all of these things as rubbish that I might gain who? Christ. Not that I might grade a Ferrari or the next house. Or the next best thing on social media. No, 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 no. I count all of these things as rubbish so that I might gain Christ. There needs to be a strong conviction in our lives. When we give our love to Christ, we understand the price He has paid and this becomes a strong conviction. So what are the results of strong conviction in our lives? There is some content that I cannot view anymore. There is some conversations that I will not engage in. There are some things that I will not do, not because I'm holier than thou. No, I don't do that because I have a deep conviction in my life. There needs to be a conviction. When there is a conviction, it'll bring restriction to areas of your life that are not conducive for building a relationship with Jesus. That is why you've noticed, if you've been walking with Jesus for a while, there are some things that are no longer appealing. Come on, hear me out today. There are some things that are no longer appealing. Why? Because you fall in love with Jesus. And as you more fall more in love with Jesus, you fall out of love with things that are not as important. And you realise and recognise that, you know what? My relationship with Jesus is so important. And this thing, you know what? If it's going to take me away from Jesus, I don't want it. Come on. There are people in the room today, you're in love with Jesus, but you're in love with other things. You need to start letting go of some things that do not help you with your relationship. Because if you don't, you will not get closer to Jesus. Your relationship will plateau. Because to move forward in God, there are some things that need to go in Jesus' name. Can I hear an amen today? The next thing we need to do to live righteously in God's eyes, number two, we need to develop. Someone say develop. What are we developing? We're developing the gifts that God has placed in our life. This is very important, Ephesians 4, 7. But each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of what? Christ's gift. Let's skip down to verse 11. And he himself gave some to be apostles. Someone say apostles. Some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers. For what? Why did, why did God do this? And here's the answer for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry. God doesn't put a gift upon your life so you can look nice. Come on now. 
He doesn't do that. So you can use it as a title when you go for a loan application. He does it for the edifying of the body of Christ. And for how long does this happen for? How long? Glad you thought of it. Let's, let's have a look. Till we all come into the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature or the fullness of Christ. In other words, when you get to heaven. The gift of God does not have an expiry date. Come on now. It doesn't have an expiry date. Not like the cheese that's in your refrigerator. And if you have blue cheese in your refrigerator, may God bless you in Jesus' name. You know, when God created you, He gave you gifts. He put certain abilities, certain things in your life. And there is a grace that is attached to the gift of God upon your life. Did you know that? There is the grace of God that is attached to the gift that He has placed in your life. Most of the time, if not all the time, the gift of God is generally connected to what God is asking you and calling you to do. Come on now, hear me out. Do you think God just puts gifts in your life because He had nothing to do? No, He puts gifts in your life because He knows this gifting in its infancy, God gives you a gift and He says, great, here's a gift in its infancy. Now it's your responsibility to develop the gift. We need to develop. Someone say develop. It's our responsibility. Oh, no, that's annoying, Pastor James. I, I thought it was just the grace of God that would do it. No, 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 no. The grace of God comes upon you when you activate the gift, but it's your responsibility to use the gift. Stop relying on leaders to activate the work in their gifting while you sit on your sweet assurance, hoping something's going to happen. Use the gift that God has given you. One of the most encouraging things I heard... Uh, the other day, was, there was, there's a young girl in church. She's probably in year, seven, she's in year seven. And she was telling me how she's starting to write music. And not just any music, worship music. And I was really encouraged. And I was, just, I was telling her, I said, hey, you know what? You would really need to use that gift. You need to start, start writing music. Start spending time with God. Start writing. Just because it doesn't make it to platform yet doesn't mean that God is not doing anything with it. As you write, you develop, you grow, you stretch, you hear the voice of God clearer and cleaner. There are people in the house today, you think because you are not noticed that maybe the gift is, it needs to be left in its infancy. No, you start to put the gift into action even when no one's looking because God is looking. God is looking. He's looking. One thing I love about the house of God is that the house of God is a place where you can put the gifts that God has put in your life into practice. The local church, in God's amazing design and thought, He's made it so that we can put our gifts into action and actually utilize what God has placed in our hearts. And maybe if you're a person here today, well, maybe you find it easy to connect with people. Maybe you're a natural encourager. Maybe you're a facilitator of conversation. Maybe the reason why God has put that on your life is because maybe, just maybe, you need to exercise that gifting in the house. But what about if you're a person who's a bit, you know, musical-minded? Maybe you write music. Maybe you're a bit of a tech person. You like stuff. You can actually fix things, not break them. Then maybe you need to go talk to the guys at Creative. Maybe there's something there. 
But what about if you're that person where you're walking through the foyer or the cafe and the kids run up to you and they want to talk to you and want to hear, hear from you? That is not there by accident. It's there because maybe there's something God is wanting to do with what he has given you in your life so that it can be not just a blessing for you, but to raise the next generation. Can I hear an amen today? This is not a plug to get involved in church, but I'm going to say this, is that as you get involved in the house, as you put your gifts into practice, you will develop, you will grow, and you will make a difference in someone's life. And it's a blessing to the body of Christ. Can I hear an amen today? So everything we do in God's house comes out of an overflow of the love for God and people. But also gives us an opportunity to exercise, develop and grow the gifts which God has placed on your life. And did you know that as you do, you activate the, the grace of God upon your life? That's why, connect group leader, maybe you've sat in, in, in your life group and you just feel the Holy Spirit put some words in your mouth, put a scripture in your mouth. You didn't even think about it. It just come out and it's a blessing to someone else. Why? Because when you're in a place, that's when the grace of God is activated. The grace of God just doesn't fall out of the sky. It happens when we put action and put legs to the gifting of God and out of that in a place, then God's like, great, grace activated in Jesus' name. The last thing we need to do to live righteously in God's eyes is we need to choose. Someone say choose. Put on the new man. Ephesians 4, 17. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk. Yeah, he's called, Paul's calling it straight out. In the futility of your mind, in other words, in the aimless way of thinking, but having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness in their heart. Paul is saying, now that you've been saved and have a relationship with God, the way you live needs to be different. There needs to be an active demonstration of the goodness and the grace of God. You can't live like you were before Christ when you come into this relationship. Come on, can I hear an amen today? It's like saying I get my, I'm married to my wife and I live like I'm single. That's not going to cut it. That's not going to cut it. There's going to be a lot of frustration and a lot of sleepless nights, I guess. Not going to work. When you give your life to Christ, you've got to live appropriately. There are choices that need to be done, decisions that need to be made. There needs to be an active outworking of the grace of God upon your life so that others can see, hey, this person is saved. Ephesians 4, 21. If you have heard him and have taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man, which grows corrupt, accosting to deceitful lusts. In other words, bowing down. But look at this. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of? Renewal of the mind starts when you hear the word of God. But more than hearing the Word of God, we do the Word of God. James said, what did he say? Hey, do not be hearers of the Word, be what? 
doers. Hey, an outworking of the manifold grace of God in your life. Paul is saying, since you were taught by him, it's now time to stop living as you were before you gave your life to Christ. There are people in the house, there are people online today. I want to encourage you with this thought. You give your life to Jesus, there needs to be some change. And I'm not talking about legalism and I'm not talking about all that. But I'm going to say this, as you fall more in love with Jesus, he changes your life. As you spend time in His Word, as you hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, He'll bring deep conviction in your life. And out of that deep conviction, then your life will change and it'll be different. Then you will live righteously in Jesus' name. It's time to make a choice. There are decisions that need to be made. There are some things in your life that should not and will not be negotiable. Don't live Life, And I'm just going to say this. I'm a pretty flexible person. I always have been. But there are some things in my life I will not be flexible for. Because when we do that, that's when we, become, we could potentially become lukewarm. And there are people in the house today, you need to cement some things. You need to cement some things so that you can change and be everything God's called you to be. Can I hear an amen today? It's time to put on the new man. It's time to start living like you're saved. Not because I'm holier than thou. No. But because I love this relationship I have with Jesus. And so I will do whatever it takes at all costs to protect it. And I will not allow things. I will not allow discussions. I will not allow certain situations to get in the way. Because God, my relationship with you is more important than other stuff. It's not legalism. And it's not holier than thou. No. It's a continual life of submission to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And as we do, our life will be different. Our life will be different. So how do I live righteously? I need to walk. I need to walk according and worthy to which I was called to walk. I need to develop. I need to use and develop the gifts of God which He has given us. We need to choose. We need to put on the new man. Don't live the same life you lived before Christ. Make some choices. Make some decisions. Cement some things in your heart so there'll be a tangible change and difference in your life.